Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Live Natural, Live Well. I'm your host, Heather Lounsbury. In just a minute, I'm going to be bringing on the incredible filmmakers of one of my favorite documentaries, I have to say. It's definitely in my top ten now. Cowspiracy, if you haven't watched it, um, do so today. So Kip Anderson and Keegan Tun will be joining me in just a moment. If you have any questions, please call in at 347-884-9533. That's 347-884-9533. Make sure to mark my show as a favorite and follow me on Twitter at DocHeather. So let me go ahead. I have both of them, so let's do one at a time. Hello, who am I, who, who do I have on? <laughs> this is Keegan Kuhn. Hi, Keegan. How are you? Great. How about yourself? Uh, wonderful. Thank you. Let me go ahead and get Kip, too. Yep, I'm Hi, Chip Kip. Are right you there? Here. Yeah, can you hear Hi, me? Hi, Kip. Yes, I can. Thanks for joining me. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so um, I guess you guys are more than welcome to take turns with this, but I'd love to hear... Before we go into talking about the movie, I'd love to hear your story and how you met and how you were inspired to make the film. Well, it's just fun about the film. It's you know follows the journey of uh, what happened. The one the, of of when I found out about the destruction of what animal agriculture is doing to the planet, and when I thought I was doing everything I could to help the environment, and then to find out that my diet was one of the main causes of uh, the destruction. And my personal thing that I was that I was doing to the environment, and and then so in the movie it shows that it was actually months. I was been trying to contact these organizations, but in reality is actually years. I've been con- trying to contact the nonprofit organizations, Greenpeace, Sierra Club, Rainforest Action Network, and uh, they would never answer the questions about why they're not addressing it. So for a long time, been wanting to make a film on this. And for one reason or another, it just took a long time to, you know, get it together. And then Keegan just finished his, one of his films, so he had some free time. And then we just went hard at it about two years ago and finished it, did the entire thing all within one year. Wow. I, I had no idea. And um, So were you guys already friends? Uh, no, no, not before, actually. I mean, it's definitely meant to be. Uh, you know, most people think we've been like friends and our brothers. Some people think we've been our brothers too, but it was <laughs> definitely meant to be. Uh, but no, we've only known each other for a few years now, so it was perfect timing for this film, and it really was meant to be. Like the film, you know, it was just waiting for the time where both of us had available time, and, and right when we met, and we just hit it off, and just from there, it just steamrolled really fast. Yeah, and within two weeks of Kip and I meeting, we were pretty much starting production full full speed. So it was uh, we jumped headlong into it. Well, you definitely have an amazing collaboration. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. I I feel very fortunate. You know, Kip and I we really we have individual strengths that when combined, I feel like is a is a really powerful powerful team. So I feel very fortunate for that. It's rare uh-huh. that you you know you work with somebody where you you know your strengths work off each other and and I feel that with Kip and I for sure. Yes, it was synergistic. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. 
definitely. And so, so Kip, when you started this, you had no idea you were going to be doing making a documentary. Is that right? When started what? When you started your journey into getting trying to get answers, you had, did you have any idea that you would end up making well, a film? Well, you know, again, when I started this, uh, part of it's somewhat of a recreation uh, reenactment. The, the very beginning, everything, you know, it's very true, the exact story of what happened to me in my personal journey. But, you know, for years, I was just simply wanting to contact them just to wonder why are they not addressing this, you know. And I just kept, the more research I found, I was just blown away. And then it's a culmination of what you see in the film of that I found out years ago. So very shortly, because I've always been into film, I've, 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 been, I've partially made a few films, never completed them. Um, so something in the back of my head, and I always thought, you know, over the years, someone would do this because it just seemed like such an obvious documentary and such an obvious, uh, um, you know, failing of these organizations of, 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 of something that they need to be forefront of what they're doing and, and they're not that I just thought someone would do a documentary, let alone on animal culture, just on these organizations and I don't want to say a scam, but just the, just a real bizarre situation that happens with these big organizations it's it's like the uh you know a non-profit like the american lung cancer association not mentioning anywhere on their website or anywhere about cigarette smoking you know i mean it's that bizarre and essentially yeah. that's what these organizations are doing you can go on their websites even to this day and you know you might dig deep and find something but you know that should be on the, the very first banner it should be like a this is what's causing it, and then B, here's our other, all our other campaigns. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, my my journey into environmental activism, and I gave up meat uh, in 1985, and I first did it for ethical reasons, and then I was a very um, tenacious teenager and started reading up on all the reasons to give up animal products, and when I found out the environmental impact, that's what sort of clinched, like, I, I can't go back um, to eating the way I used to. And um, I, I commend that you you were motivated to, to get answers and, and do all you can. So thank you for that. And I'd love to hear what, what got both of you um, interested in environmental issues. Was there any a person or an event that triggered it? Was there a person or an event? Oh, yeah. yeah, for me personally, you know, it's uh, I think that we all should be focused on environmental issues, you know, because whether, you know, if we don't have a planet to live on and, you know, breathable air and drinkable water and soil that produces food, then every other issue that you know, falls by the wayside. And so I think it really environmental issues should be at the forefront of everybody's mind. Um, I was raised with a really conscious family that was you know, very much about uh, peace and sustainability. And so. Uh, you know, just raised with the idea that we have to respect the planet and and all its inhabitants, and so it's it's been a lifelong journey for me, for sure. Wonderful. And how about you, Kip? Um, well, me, you know, I as like a movie. I really just had standard American like lifestyle and in a standard American diet, and up until uh, you know, it was a mixture of things when I found out. Uh, ethically, what's happening to the animals and what's what I'm eating? You know, essentially, what I what happened is I watched the seven minute or eight minute documentary, the little short clip called "Meet Your Meat," uh, the Alec, Alec Baldwin narrates, and at the same time, I found out about the environmental destruction. 
and that's kind of what did it for me. Um, but before that, it was really just, you know, kind of an, an, another ignorant American walking along, doing, thinking and doing everything I could to uh, to help the planet and such. Yeah, it's, and it's nice that people, you know, have the intention of, oh, I'm reusing my bags and, you know, changing my light bulbs out and all those things. Like, obviously, keep doing that. But, again, diet is is the biggest impact. And I'd love for you to share some statistics with my listeners on what exactly that means. Yeah, I mean, I can I can jump in on that. You know, so animal agriculture, you know, according to the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization, uh, says that animal agriculture is responsible for more greenhouse gas emissions than the entire transportation industry, which is phenomenal. Um, you know, when we look at the environmental impacts and the environmental organizations, they all talk about, oh, we have to need to drive less. And uh, absolutely, we do need to drive less. But the number, even more than that, is, you know, not eating animal products. Um, you know, animal agriculture is responsible for between 80 and 91% of all deforestation in Brazilian Amazon. Uh, it's a leading cause of water pollution, water consumption, topsoil erosion, deforestation, species extinction, habitat destruction, ocean dead zones. I mean, literally the list goes on and on. But almost any environmental issue that you could care about, animal agriculture plays a major role, if not the absolute leading cause. Anything you want to add, Kip? Um, that's pretty much covers it. Keegan's really good at the stats of the daring, really getting it down that way. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the fact is, too, of the numbers, we say this a lot, too. Some people get caught up in the numbers of whether greenhouse gases are 18% or 51%. You know, there's a new report that says it's only 13%. Another one says 9%. The fact is, is that not only is it the leading cause or, you know, next to if, about equal the leading cause of, of human-caused greenhouse gases, but don't get caught up in the numbers because it's also the leading cause or one of the leading causes of, of water depletion, water pollution, um, consumption, and rainforest, and all these other ones. It's a one-stop shop, and that's why. So some people want to get an argument, and they'll say, "Oh, it's not this. You know, this number's wrong. It's actually four. You know, it's 600 gallons per per pound of beef, and this and that." And it's like, just take the whole picture to get together, and it's just, um, you know, to not, to not get caught up in the exact numbers, because it, it, it's tough depending on where cattle is raised, where, where it's grown. Um, all these different things depend on the exact figures. But uh, the main thing is that it's a one-stop shop for, for all of them. Exactly. Now, was there any of the statistics that you learned about while making the film that were the biggest surprises for you? Yeah, for me personally, actually, and it was really, really tough that I did you know, up until making the film. What I personally really contributed to was uh, Sierra Club. I used to give them money specifically to help wolves, and you know they said the thing helped the wolves, and I never even thought about why the wolves are becoming extinct or why I even help the wolves. I just, you know, you, I think a lot of Americans they just do that. They you just don't even think it, think about why. You send some money and make yourself feel, think that you're doing what you can. And the whole wildlife uh, section in the film, where we talk about the wild horses, there's more wild horses in captivity than there's free on the range, around 50,000, 50, 50, yeah, um, 50. 50, or more. 
And that whole entire section was just brand new to me. You know, I thought I knew everything. And then the wolves being killed, and you have ranchers who can call someone on the phone, and within a few hours you could have aerial gunning down of uh, predators. You know, if they see a cougar or or some other predator. And I just had no idea that it was that bad. And essentially, you know, you just have livestock and cows just taking over our entire country where well, there used to just be such a plethora of, of, you know, a dynamic plethora of wildlife. And now it's becoming this like mono, mono, mono uh, animal species of just cows and pigs and chickens. And it's so sad. So that was really disturbing to find that out. Yeah. And then for me, that was the, the impact on the oceans is something that I was really unaware of until working on the film. You know, you think about land-based animal agriculture, you think about, you know, the obvious things that they're clearing forests to make room for, you know, cattle to graze or they're making room to grow feed crops to feed the animals. But, you know, we found out that raising animals, land-based animal agriculture is actually the leading cause of ocean dead zones around the world. And these are areas, you know, like the Gulf of Mexico that have these massive areas that are there's so much runoff that coming off the fields of, you know, manure and chemical fertilizers and pesticides and herbicides that run into the streams, that run out to the water, that pollute the water so bad that nothing can live in them. Like, you know, either it has high nitrogen levels and you have these algae blooms that deprive the water of oxygen so fish can't live. And there's no fish, there's no, you know, uh, marine mammals there. And it just, you know, it just goes on and on. And then also another thing that actually even didn't even make it into the film is that Pigs in the United States actually consume more fish than human beings, and that's just something that was just astronomical. I mean, cows are fed fed fish, and you know, they eat almost the same amount of fish that human beings consume in this country. And so, it's, you know, one of the most important things to do if people want to care about the world's oceans is again to stop eating land-based animals. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, as you said earlier, it's a, it impacts animal agriculture, impacts every aspect of the environment, there isn't one thing, at least nothing I could think of, that um, isn't harmed by animal agriculture. So I'm glad you raised all of the all of the issues. Um, and as with that, I, let's talk about what happened with the environmental groups that you either tried to contact and refused or the ones you did interview. How, how did that go? And t- give some teasers to my listeners, please. Well, I want to say the word fun. Well, it's kind of it's a mix of emotions when you're when you're watching this because it's funny, it's disturbing, uh, all at the same time, and it's also colorful in the different responses. And it's a full spectrum of responses and what's happening with these different organizations. Whereas one, say when we talk to the government uh, department of water. It seems that they really want to say something, but they just can't say it, you know. And you could just tell he wants to. He just can't say something. And then the diff, uh, another organization seems that they're totally ignorant. Um, they just start laughing because they have no idea, truly have no idea. They're not trying to hide anything. They just don't know what's going on. And then you have, uh, you know, I'm not going to say details of who's who, but you can figure out when you watch the film. Then you have some funny responses or just how absolutely hilarious because, uh, they know what's going on, but they can't say it, and they they just say some silly responses. So so it's a different different reaction to each one of the groups. You know, Sierra Club and then Greenpeace. I don't want to give it away, but what happens with them? Their response or lack of response is a whole other story of the film. So uh, you know, it's not, a lot of people ask, what is the reason why they're not doing it? And the 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 main reason 
of why they're not addressing this properly is definitely, you know, as we say, profits over planet. They're more concerned with uh, the sustainability of their own organization than the planet and making money and creating new memberships and thinking that saying to not eat meat or saying that animal agriculture is the leading cause, it just it's not a selling it's not a selling campaign. They are not going to gain more numbers. And suddenly enough, from after making this film, we actually got kind of an insider paper where they actually did a whole review of if we tell you know, if we do a campaign telling the truth about animal agriculture, will this be effective on getting new members. I mean, how ridiculous is that? You know, that's like a, again, I go back to cigarette smoking, uh, or a doctor won't tell his patients that it's cigarette smoking is causing lung cancer because he's afraid they might not, you know, see him again. Or, or you know, the other thing is that what's the point to tell people that it's eating animal products if they're not, if they're not going to do anything about it anyway? The point is they just have to do it. They have to just tell the truth. We're not asking them to even necessarily even do a campaign about it. Just just tell the truth on their website. Just have a simple banner on their website of the truth. And with the organization, I don't know how much you can share about this, because um, maybe there's some confidentiality or non-disclosure issues, but the ones that were surprised by the data you gave them, do you think that they're going to... Was there any influence or impact on them changing their their methods? You know, some of the organizations have responded since the film has come out. Uh, Rainforest Action Network is one of the few that actually, since the film came out, had started a social media campaign last summer uh, releasing images about the impacts of animal agriculture. And we were really pleased to see that. And that was a direct response because of the film. You know, tens of thousands of people have seen the film so far and it's, you know, it's generating emails to the, these organizations, and people are saying, why aren't you talking about this? So we're, we're really happy to see that. Unfortunately, Rainforest Action Network didn't do any images or media about the impact of animal agriculture on the rainforest, which you would expect from a rainforest organization. Um, but yet, you know, we're, we're waiting, and we're, we're hopeful that you know, they'll come around. As far as the other organizations, you know, it's, it's troubling to me to think that a large environmental organization whose mission is to protect the planet wouldn't know what the leading cause of environmental destruction is. And, you know, this is their job. And so when we'd interview somebody and they act as if they didn't know, it, it's very troubling because it's like this is, this is what your donors are paying you to do is to inform and protect the environment and inform the public about what the best they can do to help the planet. Um, and, and, again, this information, some of it is it's hard to find, but the vast majority of it is, is right on the surface. These are, you know, the numbers that we use in the film are, you know, USDA, FDA, USGS, you know, these are, you know, government and intergovernmental panels and studies done. They're not, you know, some far extremist or coming from yeah, some, main, you know, kooky mainstream. institute. It's not, yeah, exactly. it's mainstream. It's, it's not like uh, Animal Liberation Front is you're going to their exactly. site to get, <laughs> to get your info. Exactly. <laughs> so, so you know, I I would hope that these organizations will change, um, and I believe that you know that they will change, or they're going to disappear because the public's waking up, and people are becoming aware of the impact of animal agriculture, and they're not going to support organizations that aren't honest. They're going to support organizations that are actually making an impact, and and I we're already seeing that. There's a organization, Center for Biological Diversity. They have a whole campaign called Take Extinction Off Your Plate, and they've actually seen an increase 
in donors since they launched this campaign because people want the truth and they want to know, even if it's uncomfortable, they want to know what they can do to help the planet. And that's what these organizations should be doing. Well, that's great to hear. And what do you suggest with your experience, because you spent so much time on this, do you suggest people pulling their money from the organizations that are refusing to address it or sticking with them and just um, letter writing campaigns? Well, I think it depends on how 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 in deep you are with them. You know, we've had some people who come to our viewings, and they're really, you know, they know all the you know top people in the organization. They're really entrenched in it. Then we really encourage them to you know kind of fight within and fight within because they have they already have these connections with them. Because the whole goal is to create bridges with these groups to help them have this transformation of, of showing the truth so they can succeed to this next, you know, this next stage that we're in right now. But if, you know, you're just donating a couple hundred dollars or whatever just with by virtue of, of sending a check-in, then absolutely uh, we get all the time on on screenings and emails that they that they have stopped funding and sending them money. And the important thing is not only stop sending money, is say why. Say so when you address the most important important cause that you need to be addressing, then we'll return and send you money. But until then, we are sending it to other groups, such as Center for Biological for Diversity. Uh, you know, the nonprofit I started a few years ago, it's called Animals United Movement. And uh, basically, it's promote what we do is we produce media, film, whether it's film, music, plays, anything that promotes sustainability and shows the truth of what's happening to create a harmonious, um, you know, life to live in. So, and that's a nonprofit. So, anyone who contributes to that, it's it's the same. To, you know, you get a tax donation. So, I would definitely say to not support these groups until requesting them to to uh, step up. Yeah, because you know these groups, you know, many of these groups do really important work. You know, it's important to address fracking, and it's important to address mountaintop removal and deforestation for logging and all the other environmental issues. And, and it's great that these organizations are doing that, but they need to put things into perspective. They need to have, you know, what is the leading, the absolute leading cause of environmental destruction. And until they do that, they are doing a disservice, you know, that they're distracting people from the most important thing that they could be doing to help the planet. And so, yeah, financially supporting them and, you know, uh, enabling them to continue to distract people to these lesser issues. You know, Kip's got an analogy that he's used about a, a burning house. It's like, you know, there's the houses on fire, and these organizations are concerned about cleaning the windows. <laughs> we need to put this fire out. <laughs> so hey, I think that is important. People support the organizations. But, yeah, absolutely let the organizations know. Do letter writing. Anytime you get a, a thing in the mail asking for donations or an email, write them back and say, if you talk about this issue, yes, absolutely, I'll support you. And, you know, we will, we would wholeheartedly support, we'll do a full campaign if if Sierra Club and Greenpeace and any of these big organizations, you know, do a actual real solutions campaign about animal agriculture, we would, you know, wholeheartedly support them because that's what's needed. And we need these organizations and all their members to get on board to, to really make an impact. I think those are great suggestions. Thank you. And I'd love for you to touch on the woman. Um, I'm totally drawing a blank on the exact name of the lobby group. That's the Animal Agriculture Lobby Group. I'm talking to her. If you could give some teasers on that. Um, yeah. I, 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 yeah, you can go ahead. I can't remember her name, actually. 
Uh, so that's Emily Meredith from the Animal Agriculture Alliance, and they're a they're one of the largest lobbyist groups in the country promoting animal agriculture, uh, and they've actually helped to you know formulate laws that have helped to actually persecute animal activists and make it harder. You know these these animal animal lobby groups have created laws like the ag gag laws, which have actually made it illegal in a number of states to go in and film the atrocities being committed against animals in the environment on factory farms, which, you know, why would we create a law that makes it harder, have less transparency as how our food is being created unless, you know, the industry, it hurts the industry. Um, and the response that, you know, we got from her during that interview were, was, was pretty, pretty shocking, but in some respects was actually very predictable. Can you uh, give an example for my list, uh, my listeners who haven't watched it yet? The example yeah. of uh, yep, I think I think you should. The example something of something that what? she said that was shock, something that she said that was um, shocking um, during the interview. Uh, the, the animal, the animal, animal agriculture lady. Well, you know, the, basically her. It's almost what she didn't say. It's a reaction of when we ask if there is a tie to them in Greenpeace, if there's a tie with with any environmental groups in them, if they fund money if there's some crossover, a reaction tells a thousand words. And, uh, you know, she, she, she's trying to mumble some stuff, but it's really what she doesn't say and how she, how she reacts to this. So, so telling to the point that after we had that interview, our film took an entirely new direction because it was at that point we could have really gone along down the line where people say, oh, why don't you follow the paper trail and this and that. Well, the paper trail is such a congregated, you know, red tape that you can go around it in so many ways of how to, how to funnel money into nonprofits without anybody knowing um, that we just really wanted to focus, okay, if these environmental groups aren't doing it for whatever reason, if they're getting paid off or whether because they all eat animal products that they're contributing to as well, the bottom line is, what can we do as individuals? Well, they're not doing it, so what can we do? And that's when it was a really... That's why people love the film so much, is the last about half, 20 minutes, half hour is so inspiring and so positive, and especially for us making it, because it was quite depressing for a long time making the film. But once we turn the light and the focus on the light of all the people that are doing something about, about it, we see this transformation just happening so fast, and we see these new uh, companies popping up, you know, the Beyond Meat, the Beyond Eggs, and uh, you'll see this just huge transformation happening so fast over these next two to three years where people are going to be left in the dark, um, like some of these groups if they don't catch up, or you're part of this new, uh, this, this, this new era we're living in, this new next step in evolution. Um, yeah, it's, as far as it's definitely wonderful to see the, the shift since I've been, you know, I've been at this for quite a while, and just the last few years, it's uh, grown exponentially. It's it's incredible, incredible to see. Yeah, I, I, you, I have hope. Huh? Oh, I was just saying because you you said since '85. I mean, that long Tegan has been in this long time. Me, I'm somewhat relatively recent, but. Haven't you noticed, even just within not even ten years or five years, just in like last three years, of how fast everything is happening? Yeah, it's uh, it's really inspiring because there's definitely been times. Not that I was ever going to give up, but there were times like, wait, yeah. I'm just you know hitting the brick wall and not much is happening and people aren't changing. 
eating habits or their views. And, yeah, it's just been the last couple of years. It's grown exponentially, and films like yours are a huge part of that. Yeah, it's an exciting time we live in. Absolutely. So we only have a couple more minutes. If, if there's any uh, last-minute words of wisdom you'd like to share before we say goodbye? Yeah, you know, I'd love to really encourage people to check out the film. They can go to our website, com. They can stream it, download it, buy a DVD, share it with friends. Um, they can organize screenings. We've done over 300 theatrical screenings of the film since this summer. People can organize screenings anywhere in the United States totally for free for themselves through a platform called Tug. Again, if you just go to our website, com, you can do that. Um, the film's been translated into 15 languages so far. We're, every day we're working on getting the film out to more and more people around the world. And again, we just really encourage people to go to our website, you know, get involved, sign up for our newsletter, and to know that change is happening. As Kip just said, you know, change is happening so quickly, and we are seeing the shift happening. That you know, this is a, an exciting, powerful time to be alive and to be involved in, you know, a revolutionary, you know, mind and, and paradigm shift. Yeah, and it's not, it's really important to say to people listening, not only. Uh, to we only have talk, about 10 to 15 more seconds. So okay, <laughs> but rather not only to walk the talk, but to talk the walk as well. So that's important. Yes. <laughs> well, thanks guys so much. I wish you the best of luck, and I look forward to future movies from you. All right. Well, thank, thank you, you so much. Thanks. Take care. You too. Bye bye. Bye. So thank you, Kip and Keegan, for coming on today. If you have any questions, definitely reach out to them at calspiracy.com. My next guest uh, is Sharon Gannon of Jiva Mukti Yoga. So that will be exciting to have her on. She has a new cookbook. And then Rich Roll after that. If you have any questions for me, livenaturallivewell.com. And take care.